welcome to NHASED Spotlight. It's our podcast from the New Hampshire Association for Supervision and Curriculum Development. My name is Bill Carosa, the Executive Director. I want to remind people our K-8 Math Conference is coming up real soon, March 22nd. It's featuring Steve Linewan, Kristen Hilty, Graham Fletcher, Carolyn Worcester, and Kevin Mahoney. We're doing it in cooperation with the New Hampshire Teachers of Mathematics. You can still register at nhased.org and uh, registrations are doing well. Coming up also a free webinar on April 2nd, uh, two friends of ours, for sure. Uh, They wrote a book called Habits of Resilient Educators, uh, Lindsay uh, Prendergast and Piper Lee. They're authors of Strategies for Thriving During Times of Anxiety, Doubt, and Constant Change. Again, that free webinar is April 2nd from four to five Eastern time. So please uh, register for that one at nhasc.org as well. Well, my guest today is Dr. Charles Lloyd. He's the Vice Chancellor of the Community College System of New Hampshire. Previous to that, he was president of the White Mountains Community College, and he served at NHTI, the Concord Community College, as Interim VP of Student Affairs, Associate VP of Student Affairs, and a professor for many years in the business department. Uh, Charles also teaches at uh, New England College's doctoral program. He grew up, he's a hometown boy in Franklin, New Hampshire. He's a proud graduate of Keene State College and received his doctorate at Northeastern University, uh, my father's alma mater, which made me feel really good too. Uh, we rarely focus on higher ed on this podcast. I thought it was a great time to look at what really is a very successful New Hampshire community colleges, uh, particularly NHTI, which I'm a bit familiar with. So, hey, Charles, thanks for being with us on the podcast today. Bill, thanks for having me and uh, thanks for focusing on higher ed. I think throughout our discussion, you'll see the linkages K to 12 and community colleges and the, the four-year counterparts. So hopefully we can talk through that some as well. Yeah. And I think the um, NHTI in particular in Concord, of course, I used to drive through every day on the way back from Hopkinton. And we talked about how uh, we have a, a friend in common who's very active with with the community college system. Just has a great reputation and it's really nice to, to have you here. Let's talk about the organizational structure of colleges. Now you're a vice chancellor. Talk about, I think a lot of people don't realize where the provost comes in, the president comes in, all those different pieces. So where's the vice chancellor fit in all that? And if you could just give us a little kind of an org chart, if you could, of of how that works. Sure, all this higher ed jargon. Uh, Let me start off with, first of all, the community college system of New Hampshire. We have seven community colleges in New Hampshire with 11 locations. Uh, we often say we are within 30 minutes of 95% of the state, so within a 30-minute drive. Uh, so we've got locations. We are in Concord, as you mentioned, at NHGI. We're in Manchester. We're in Nashua. We're in Laconia. We're out in Claremont and in Keene. Uh, uh, you know, I know you're a Keene State guy, so I had to highlight yeah. that. White Mountains up north, Littleton, Berlin, uh, also Great Bay over in Portsmouth. So we are spread around the state. Uh, We do have campus presidents, college presidents in each of those. So there are seven presidents as we start talking org chart a lot. Uh, And then within a system, our legislation is designed to say that all of our colleges are well-coordinated, that we have a well-coordinated system. Uh, So there is a chancellor that oversees the entire system. I am his vice chancellor. So he's the number one, I'm the number two. Uh, And then we have a whole setup of folks here in a system office that really coordinate a lot of the services and resources for each of the colleges. Uh, As you're well aware, it's not efficient for each of the colleges to have to uh, provide all of the same services themselves seven times over. So we try to find efficiencies, whether it's through purchasing or IT or back office systems and processes and 
legislative affairs, frankly. So a lot of those types of things we try to centralize and systemize, we say. Uh, so that's where that comes in. And then at each of the colleges, you know, vice presidents of student services and of academic services. So it really breaks down there uh, as well. So that's that's the part it probably becomes very similar to the university system uh, in which Keene's a, a great part of the university system. Now, of the seven colleges, there has to be, I'm sure, some differences in curriculum and, and course offerings, but also some overlap as well. Yeah, yeah, great point. So, and I also say we have uh, almost like the eighth college of online. Uh, online's become, each of the colleges offer online, but it's one more option for our students in the state to choose. Uh, so yeah, a lot, of, a lot of our colleges, first of all, are different sizes. NHTI and Manchester are much larger, you know, 2,000 to 2,500 students, where White Mountains Community College might be closer to six or 700 students. Uh, a lot of our, uh, we have what, what we call almost centers of excellence, which some of our colleges have, for example, welding programs, manufacturing, paramedic. Uh, I pick on NHTI because you mentioned it, that they have the dental program, dental hygiene, dental assisting. All of our colleges have nursing, because as you're probably well aware, there's such a shortage uh, here. A lot more healthcare programs over at River Valley Community College, uh, particularly with the uh, radiation uh, therapy, respiratory therapy, uh, LPN program as well. Uh, and I can go right around, but manufacturing down in Nashua, great relationship with uh, BAE Systems and uh, you know hospitality, culinary up at Lakes Region, automotive at five of our schools. So uh, a lot of technical and trade programs, but it really balances out as well with uh, a lot of our, our other programs, business, accounting, education, human services. Uh, so really that's where we get to the point. We are comprehensive community colleges. What's your relationship like with K-12, especially I guess nine twelve, you must work real closely with CTE programs throughout the state. Yeah, CTE programs are are direct feeders. Uh, we have uh, articulation agreements, which means you know we really value what they do in those high school settings and give them credit for it when they yeah. come to our colleges. Uh, and I would argue that we've had a better relationship with our high schools in the last you know dozen years or so with early college, which is students getting college credits while in high school. Uh, but also the the governor uh, in the last four years has helped to fund a lot of those college credits. So right now, students, sophomores, juniors, seniors, get two free college courses each of those years. So they're coming out with 16, 18, 20 credits. And we even had last year, we had uh, you know, a lot of students who are graduating high school at the same time they're graduating college. I got to stand up at a high school graduation and hand out associate degrees last year. So pretty powerful. And we know that for your college education, I know this as a parent of three college grads, is crazy expensive. And at times, the four-year choice is what you need. You and I needed that, for instance, for, for what we do for a living. But that must be a wonderful point that there's so many jobs, so many careers that you don't really need to go to a four-year school. That must be a major selling point for you. Yeah, or especially the students who don't know what they want to do yet. You know, it's a great place and come and learn about yourself and take some, you know, affordable risks, meaning try a course in a different program. Maybe it's business, maybe it's criminal justice. You know, a lot of people that show up say, geez, I just want to help people. But it might be in the human service field. Helping might be in allied health and health science. So there are a lot of different ways to help people. So uh, it's easier to come and, I don't want to say make a mistake because you're learning, but take a course that maybe isn't on your pathway, but do so at $215 a credit, not $2,000 a credit. Right. And then some students do a couple of years there and then move on to a four-year school. 
Yeah, and that's a, that's one of the big ways. A lot of folks, and I would say this is the smartest path students can choose, is come to the affordable place, community colleges, get two years, sometimes more, closer to three years, and transfer on. A lot of our transfer partners right now will take up to 90 credits in transfer. So, you know, in higher ed speak, that's three quarters of a, of a bachelor's degree. And uh, the university system, Keene, Plymouth, UNH, have been great partners to say, look, start at a community college. It's better for you, for your family, or if you're working, or a lot of our students students, uh, our, our average age is 28 years old. So a lot of our students have young families, have to work, and being close to home and having, you know, evening courses or online, the accessibility makes it work for them before transferring on. So it helps them, uh, you know, get their life uh, organized to start with. Yeah, we're all competing for students. So to work together is, is not a bad thing. That's what we're here for, you know, the UNH. And, and there was a recent House Bill 1530, not to get into legislation, but it essentially required us to have programs between the community college system and the university system that created direct transfer. And, and we've gone above and beyond what the legislation required. And it's really what it's done is open the door to more of these conversations, faculty to faculty, to say, look, this is what we're delivering for curriculum at the community college system. Will you accept this? Can we, you know, mirror exactly what you're offering? And it has been. You know, you mentioned, you know, earlier, you you teach or have taught in the past as an adjunct. I teach as an adjunct. And I'll tell you what, we share some of the same adjuncts at NHTI, Great Bay Community College, as Plymouth State and UNH. So uh, a lot of times it's the same faculty we're talking about. Yeah, no doubt. And higher ed in New Hampshire is is changing as well. As you know, you know USNH system is reorganizing it every day. There's a new change and something different with that, but we have to work together. It's interesting times economically. Yeah, interesting times for sure. But, you know, I look at opportunities as well. You know, I've, I've been, uh, you know, I've taught in the university system. I've you know been in the community college system over 20 years. And, uh, you know, everyone years ago talked about the uh, the uh, enrollment declines we're going to be facing, the demographic cliff, to use uh, Nathan, Nathan Gras' term here a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, we, we know that's coming. It's come up through K-12. But I think it's a real opportunity and already forced us, quote unquote, to come together closer with the university system, uh, given us an opportunity with K-12, as I mentioned, not just with our early college, but with partnerships with career and tech ed. But we're also talking about things like facilities. You know, NHTI and Concord, for example, doesn't have some of the same facilities, has different facilities than uh, the Concord Regional Technical Center might have. And we're saying, geez, if you're done using that at one or two o'clock, could we offer an evening course over there in construction trades rather than recreating the wheel? So I think we're having some more of those conversations conversations that maybe 10 years ago would not have come up. We're now talking about working more closely together and maximizing our resources that are available. Hey, let's talk about your story and dig in a little bit too. So we'll start at college, I suppose. Uh, you went to Keene State and you maybe thought you'd be a phys ed teacher. You went through the the certification program. What was that like? Yeah, well, I, uh, I often tell people I wasn't going to go to college until my girlfriend at the time told me to get in the back seat and take a ride to Keene and see what it was like. I, I was a Franklin, New Hampshire boy, and I didn't think college was for me. I was uh, uh, My buddy owns a paving company. I was likely going to be a paver for a while in construction and figure it out. But I went to Keene and... Uh, you know, they both applied. I said, I guess I'll apply at the same time, see what happens. Somehow I got in. That's still the miracle of the year. Uh, but uh, I said, now I've got to figure out what I'm going to study, right? I was just talking about students that didn't know what they wanted to do. So I went back and I had some time to think about it. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed phys ed. You know, I ended up doing an internship with my then basketball coach and taught phys ed my senior year, three periods a day. He just turned the, the reins over to me, let me kind of go loose. So, yeah, Keen, I... Uh, 
I went through phys ed, uh, all the curriculum. Uh, I also got an associate uh, degree along the way in health science because I, I understood a lot of times as a phys ed teacher, you're also teaching health, you know, in the yeah. off periods. So I, I, you know, got that there. But more than anything, while I was in Keene, I got involved in student activities. I was a resident assistant. I was in student government, social activities, planning, events. And uh, I really enjoyed that. That's where I met a lot of my friends, friends I'm still involved with today. So when I graduated from college, uh, I had this opportunity, you know, because I graduated in December, you either substitute teach you know, or yeah. you, you know, wait until April, May, June when the applicants come out to start. And I couldn't wait to start working until the following fall. So uh, at NHTI, I found a uh, found a position right in December as coordinator of student activities. And I said, geez, they're going to pay me to do what I just volunteered to do for four years. So, uh, yeah, I ran student government, student activities and uh well, here I took advantage of professional development for, you know, they eventually paid for my master's, my CAGS, my doctorate. And along the way, I got involved with uh, coaching men's basketball with one of my mentors, Paul Hogan. And, uh, you know, spent a lot of time uh, with some of my other mentors that, you know, got me involved with teaching, helped me to develop some leadership skills, got involved with administration. And uh, I'll tell you, I've, I've loved every minute of it. I, I wouldn't change a thing. It's It's been a blast. So from a kid growing up in Franklin to where you are now. And let's face it, you have a, a pretty high level job in higher education. What were some of those lessons that you might teach others and especially young people who may be in high school right now that are trying to figure out what in the world they're going to do with their life? Yeah. I mean, uh, I think be ready for the pivot, be ready for the pivot. You know, I, I had this track, you know, one track mine in college, I was going to be a phys ed teacher. And when you get out, the reality is that, you know, that that means you're going to wait nine months for a job. And I didn't have nine months, so you have to pivot. And I literally read in the Concord Monitor a a newspaper ad back then. Those were newspaper ads for jobs. And uh, I said, you know, you've got to be ready for what lands in your lap. So pivot to to a different type of role. Uh, I always thought I'd go back to phys ed, at least the first five or six years. But then I just I fell in love with this. But uh you know, I also uh, just because a, a position doesn't exist doesn't mean it's not right for you. And I know that sounds weird, but you know, I say without throughout my career, you know, I've only interviewed once. Uh, I've been at a place where each of my jobs that have come up, someone said, geez, I think we, you'd be good at this. And they sort of helped to form something around me or I've presented ideas saying this is something I think I'd be good at. And the right people around help you kind of forge those those roles a little bit. So uh, I think being ready for the pivot and also not seeing that there's a there's an end line, you know, there's a finish line, you know, keep keep peeling back the onion a little bit. Yeah. I tell uh, pre-service teachers, get some uh, varied certifications too. I mean, just be ready for anything that comes your way. The economy is pretty good for getting jobs right now, whether it's teaching or almost any field right now. But if you're not ready for it, it can kind of goes right by you. I totally agree. And I'm a huge fan of lifelong learning. And you know, even since I got my doctorate, you know, of course, you feel like, okay, I'm done. I know you yeah. just got yours recently. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. It's like, finally, I'm done school. Yeah. But then it's okay. I pick up a journal article or I read something online. It's like, oh, I, I learned another piece. I'm going to try that tomorrow. You know, I just, I'm a fan of lifelong learning. And, uh, you know, a lot of people think about the goal, the finish line, the win. And I like to tell people to think about the process and, you know, trying to pick up a, a learnable gulp along the way somewhere. Uh, I find I find that's the, the most exciting part. You volunteer a lot, too. Uh, United Way, the Chamber of Commerce, I assume, Spalding Family Services. Talk about what role that has played in your life. 
Yeah, and I feel like I've gotten real specific. You know, when I'm ever invited to join a board, I say, these are the skills I have, but I also say, these are the skills I'd like to grow. Can I do that with your board? Can I provide something for you? But is there an opportunity for me to grow as well? And I, right. I try to be very specific about that. You know, the Mount Washington Valley Chamber, you know, I, I certainly enjoy being out there, et cetera. But that was about the North Conway area, which I wanted to learn all about the North Conway area, having been, uh, you know, the president up at White Mountains Community College. So I saw a real win-win. And, uh, you know, Spalding Academy is a is a heartstring tugger. These are, you know, we're just supporting great students and their families and making sure it's the right fit, the right uh, classroom education for students, the right residential experience. And, it, you know, I grew up 10 minutes from where that facility is in Northfield, New Hampshire, and I'm on there and it, I feel like it's giving back to my community. But boy, do I learn. I get so much more than I give. I learn about just certain situations and students and families, but there's also this how could I help these students eventually, you know, come down to the community colleges? So I, yeah. I think there's an opportunity there. I, I just love being part of, you know, a lot of these organizations that are uh, so meaningful to so many that, uh, you know, really just have uh, people that want to, you know, come around for the common mission and take the time to weigh in where it's where it's appropriate and see the vision down the road. And I, I'm also, I have the pleasure of serving on the board with a lot of great CEOs, executive directors, Granite Advance, which used to be New Hampshire Higher Education Assistance Foundation, Christiana Thornton has taken that organization and it's about funding students' education. I mean, what better mission can you have? So uh, everything is really aligned with, uh, with all of my personal values as well. So, Charles, you've chosen to keep on teaching, too. In fact, I just found out through an email list that you and I teach in the same doctoral program at NEC, but you also have taught at NHTI for a long, long time. You coach or you have coached as well, which is a form of teaching, obviously. Um, what role has that played and why? And I'm sure it has fed everything you do, not to mention the fact that being an administrator all day, it's probably a nice change of pace. Uh, great change of pace. I was actually going to lead with that. So thanks for saying that. It is. I mean, it's, you know, from days on Zoom meetings or or whatnot, you get to go be in front of people, sometimes physically, because I do teach some hybrid courses. Uh, but it, to me, it's that personal connection. It's, uh, it's folks that want to learn, but also they want to better themselves. What better environment? And to me, it's also about the personal connections, teaching, coaching. It's about relationships. Uh, I coached, I mean, it was almost 20 years ago, you know, I was coaching at NHDI and I still have a lot of those connections to this day, those relationships. I'll tell you, my mom passed away about a week ago. Oh, and, I'm so uh, sorry. Thank you. But uh, my players show up, players I haven't talked to, yeah. seen in 15 years, players are showing up, people I have taught, you know, people, but also, I also call it cheating when I'm teaching in a doctoral program or a master's program. I'm also scouting talent. Yeah. I'm talking to those people about their future aspirations, where they want to be, how I can help them. And, and frankly, I've helped them with some not only career advice, but helped populate some of our you know hundreds of positions within the community college system as well. So uh, a little bit of inside baseball there as well. But you, know, you never know when you can help somebody and vice versa. Yeah. Oh, sorry about your mom. That's so recent. You are right. I've always said this, that I lost my folks many years ago. But when people show up to you know, who may not have obviously known your folks, but know you, uh, that's when you realize maybe I've made some nice connections through the years and and how important making those connections really are. Of course, of course. And then, you know, when, when you meet those people talking through the line, you haven't caught up in, you know, 15 years or whatnot, right. but you see where they are now. Yeah. That's where the real value comes out from coaching and teaching, not, you know, a year later, it's 10, 15, 20 years later, and they've got kiddos and they've, you know, gotten promotions and whatnot, all the leadership they, uh, you know, they do uh, within their communities. That's, that's, that to me is the win. Your vice chancellor role 
and maybe someday chancellor role, who knows? Uh, it's just, it's big. Like I think back to my administration stuff and I pretty much dealt with a building. I mean, a lot of kids, a lot of teachers, but you know, there was, a, <laughs> there were sort of like four walls there. Uh, you're talking what seven schools, colleges, uh, and within each college, there's, there's so much. How do you manage that? I mean, you must have really good, obviously good presidents and good people on the ground, but what, what's your day like in terms of managing that much? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a fan of hiring great people and getting out of their way, provide resources where they need them. We have great presidents. We have great executive teams at each of these colleges. Uh, it's really up to us, uh, and I, when I say us, the chancellor and I, to set vision, set direction, provide those resources, but also uh, keep the outside world out of their business. And I, I don't want that to sound harsh, but you know, if there are major issues or anything politically or, or things going on in the state, let us handle that so you can continue the great work of serving our students. Uh, you know, but also it's a balance of if there's one great thing happening at one of these colleges, how do I scale that seven times to make sure the other six see the benefit? You know, that to me is is a lot of the fun I get to have. I just did that today with an enrollment initiative and said, geez, there's something great happening over here. How do we find out what that is? And, you know, I find that people are always happy to share more than ever happy to share. It just comes down to time, bandwidth and recognition. And I, I try to make sure we can we can accomplish that from our level. And you really can't micromanage that large a system. You have to hire good people that you that you trust. Absolutely. I'm not a micromanager anyway, so it actually works out for me. But, uh, you know, I want to, you know, help where I can, but I also like to check in. I like to be present. You know, I, again, I'm on an HGI's campus. I stroll around a lot. But, you know, within each month, I try to get to each college at least once. Uh, FaceTime, stop into faculty offices, sit in the bistro cafeteria, talk to students, go watch a basketball game. Uh, it's important to be visible, but even if they don't know my name or my title, they'll at least see support. You know, who is this person that's here to support us? And that's uh, that's me. And, you know, it's not for any other reason than for people to know that if there ever is an issue or they need help, just reach out. You put some mileage on that car of yours, I'm sure. <laughs> we put some miles. There's a reason it's a statewide mission, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. At NHASCD, we monitor K-12 legislation for the most part. And it's a crazy busy time right now. I mean, as you know, in Concord, what's some legislation happening for higher ed right now? And how's it going? Are you feeling positive about some of the direction? Yeah, I mean, nothing, uh, nothing crazy, nothing that scares us. You know, we, we usually track a dozen to 15 bills or so, you know, in years past last year, there was one that was tied to uh, gambling, online gaming, which would have funded uh, essentially a community college for you know a variety of students. And you know it's interesting for us because we always decide: are we going to take a position or not? Are we going to submit testimony or not? Uh, or is it something we're going to kind of sit back and see where it goes? And and that I bring that one up because it was interesting. Obviously, we support more funding for students. We don't support gaming. We're not going to take a position as an educational institution and support gaming. But when we're asked to testify, you know, you have to you have to kind of split the difference there a little bit of, you know, not sure where the funding's coming from. That's for you to figure out. But you know, if funding did show up for our students, it would be helpful for the families, right? So, you know, anytime there are bills, you know, we're tracking, there are, you know, guns on campus bills that were always coming up, uh, things around uh, living on campus, uh, you know. I, not to go too far into the weeds, but, you know, other uh, crimes on campus, I would just say more broadly. Uh, a lot of times we say, you know what, this doesn't impact us as much as it probably will the for, you know, four-year residential university system colleges. We'll let them take the lead on this, but let them know we have their support. A lot of times we're in pa parallel with the university system. So right. always watching legislation. Uh, the biggest one right now, the governor uh, brought together a task force. 
for the university system and community college system, really looking at what we talked about earlier with demographics, where the state is going, uh, how the, the systems uh, in his terms were you know, slightly overbuilt for our capacity today. We were built for what capacity was maybe a dozen or so years ago. So how do we work more closely together to find efficiencies, reduce redundancies, clearer pathways for students, all you know, noble concepts, all things we should be doing. So he's got us brought together uh, with a nice task force, uh, you know, populated from the university system, the community college system, some legislators. And, uh, you know, that, that report's going to be out in March and uh, we'll see what the recommendations are from that. But in short, it's, uh, you know, it's a good idea to be having these conversations. And, and if it brings us closer together as partners, I see it as a huge win. Yeah, there's some major anticipation around that report, as you know. Agreed. Yeah. Hey, what are some... Um kind of hot majors, some areas that the kids are going into. I, I, nursing's got to be big, right? And anything medical, there's there's jobs galore in that. Interesting things like esports, do you offer that or those sort of uh, majors? Yeah, esports are, uh, are are up and running. Those are uh, we've got it as a as a club activity that can compete within our conference as well. That's uh, that's been uh, very uh, very popular. Uh, healthcare has been popular right straight through, you know, maxed out. We've always got waiting lists for our nursing programs, dental hygiene, dental assisting, uh, respiratory therapy, which is over at River Valley. We're actually going to bring over to Nash Shore Community College as well. The LPN program, we've created a model where we rotate that around. So it starts at River Valley. Now it's also Lakes Region. It's also up at White Mountains Community College. Uh, and the technical program, some, you know, years ago, it was this, you know, it wasn't cool to be in a trade. And right now, it, you know, Steve Turner's Bring Back the Trades, if you've heard of uh, his program out at the Seacoast, we're partnering with them. But uh, welding, automotive, diesel, heavy equipment technology, these folks that, you know, upon graduation with a, with a certificate or a degree program can make six digits right out the gate, you know, 20-year-old students. So, But I also bring up, you know, some other unique niche type of programs, conservation law. You know, it's a nice combination for someone who wants to get into law enforcement but loves being in the outdoors. Um, so it's just different ways to uh, to meet students' needs but also cater to their interests a little bit. So if there's a high school senior or junior listening to this in the car right now or their parent and they're thinking about getting involved in some post-secondary education, maybe the wonderful community college system of New Hampshire is a great option. What what advice do you have in addition to checking the website, of course? <laughs> Always check the website. But if they're a junior or senior and their interest, the first thing I'd say is early college. Are you taking college courses well in high school? You know, I talked earlier about the cost savings. It's also a confidence booster. It means, oh my goodness, I am college material. When you start taking those courses and working through those syllabi, uh, then you got to come visit. You've got to see our community colleges. We have a lot to offer. We have beautiful state-of-the-art facilities. You've got to take a tour. You've got to meet our passionate and, and extremely well-educated faculty who are going to deliver that curriculum, our staff who are there to support you. Uh, these are the folks you'd be seeing on a daily basis. And, and you're also going to see the other students taking a look around and say, these are the students I'm going to be spending a lot of time with in my classes and uh, seeing in the cafeteria and whatnot. So I think you've got to you've got to take those visits. We've got to you know ask the questions and help us you know allow us to guide you. That would be my finals. Allow us to guide you. Don't be nervous about showing up and saying I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. I don't know what I want to be. We hear that all the time. Let us help you work through some of that. That's uh, that's why we're here, literally here for your success. Well, Charles, thank you for spending the time with us today. It's so nice to have a, a local New Hampshire kid, uh, went to Keene State, lived in Franklin, grow up to uh, 
to do so well. Thanks for the service you give to uh, to everybody in the state. Well, right back at you. I mean, you've you've done you've done your time, and you continue. And uh, appreciate you telling our story. And uh, anything I can ever do, please do not hesitate to reach out, Bill. Great. Thanks so much. Well, our mission at NHASCD is to serve as a catalyst for conversation and action to inspire excellence in teaching, learning, and leading. You can find links to much of what we talked about on today's show in the show notes, of course, on our Spotify podcast page. And you can get this particular episode on any podcast player, Apple, Google, and Spotify. Don't forget our KA Math Conference coming up, Steve Linewan, Graham Fletcher, and others. And you can find us on Twitter X, Facebook, and Instagram at NHASCD. I'm Bill Carosa, Executive Director. We'll see you next time for NHASCD Spotlight. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.